AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Points. It's Friday. It's November 17th. Bob Camp, Caleb Mortolaro here with you up until 1 p.m. today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll run through these poll questions quickly as we'll get set to answer them around 12.30 today. The Arizona Cardinals, they're off to Houston to take on the Texans. Bob caught up with Jason Bristol, KHOU11 in Houston for all things Texans. CJ Stroud conversation podcasted over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app. The question who do you have ATS on Sunday? Cardinals plus five or Texans minus five? And there is a surge for the Cardinals. They're sitting now at 74% of the vote. Texans trailing at 26%. We'll officially provide our answer around 1230 today. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDUSAM1060. Going back to Thursday night football, the Ravens topped the Bengals. Injuries galore for both teams. But when you look at the AFC North now, did the Ravens unofficially clinch the division on Thursday last night? Yes, continues to lead the way at 75% of the vote. No trailing at 25%. Another question that gets answered around 1230. Around 12.15 today, we'll make room for Brian Lewis of Pro Football Network to talk all things NFL props. As it is, it's a Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The $100 gift certificate for you still up for grabs. We're looking for a weekend winner as well. We're sitting at 7-4 and four on the season and looking to get back into the win column. For the weekend over at Von Hansen's, though, 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steak at $25.99 a pound, prime bone-in pork butts at $3.99 a pound, and 8-ounce boneless chicken skewers, butcher's blend, and rosemary garlic at 2 for $12. Those are the weekend specials. Plenty more options for you, so pay them a visit. 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Let's get back to it. The NFL, and we left off with another double-digit spread here with the Cowboys and the Panthers the Cowboys minus 10 and a half the Panthers plus 10 and a half over under sitting at 41 and a half numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app uh one thing I want to note though first on the Cowboys side of things is Leighton Vander Ash out for the remainder of the season his career is now absolutely in question with a neck injury he's had neck injuries uh throughout his career but this definitely Really not looking good for him from the linebacker position for Dallas. Panther side of things, Frank Wright is set to take back the play calling for the Panthers. Not really sure that helps any. Panthers, though, average just 17 points per game, 185.2 passing yards a game. And for the Cowboys, they beat up on bad teams, and then it's questionable against good teams. Yes, uh, this is one of these rare times I'm willing to lay double digits uh, any NFL game, let alone on the road. Uh, you mentioned a lot of the circumstances and reasons why there, uh, mm-hmm. so I won't get into that again. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, uh, except when they played the Cardinals, uh, they've uh, crushed the bad teams. I don't really care if Frank Reich is doing the play-calling duties. It does matter, though. 
Uh, just to repeat from yesterday, if you're an Adam Thielen fantasy owner, I'm sure you're pretty excited because when Reich was calling the plays earlier this year, Thielen was good and really good. And since he was not calling the plays, Mr. Reich, uh, Thielen was like uh, missing in action or maybe not even in action. He was not good. So you have the Steelers and the Browns. When things got started early in the week, it was Steelers plus four, Browns minus four, over under sitting at 36 and a half. The news about Deshaun Watson having season-ending shoulder surgery. The Browns announcing that they will be starting Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback has moved things to Steelers plus one and a half, Browns minus one and a half, over under sitting at a low 32 and a half. Uh, it is nine straight games for the Steelers that they have been outgained offensively, but yet they still win the game. That's crazy. They've also won nine straight one-score games dating back to last season. Not only do they have one of the best red zone defenses in the NFL this year, they have the best absolute number one red zone defense. Somebody figured this out since Mike Tomlin became the head coach before the 2007 season. So it's not like they've a lot of guys coming and going, a lot of coordinators, coaches, players, etc. But they've been great in the red zone. They're plus ton in turnover differential, which is especially impressive when you have Kenny Pickett as your quarterback, and they're still plus 10. Their run game has been much better. There is this notion out there that Jalen uh, Warren has become the starter, though, and that is seemingly totally inaccurate. Warren was announced as a starter in the pregame introductions last week, but he was actually not on the field until the sixth snap of the game. Mike Tomlin, after the game, said that he wanted Warren to be introduced before the home fans because of his work ethic. And then some people took that as he's now the starting running back in Pittsburgh, which just based on what happened in the game is not true. Uh, so that's up. That's what's up with that. As far as uh, the Bengals are concerned, we obviously you talked about Watson and the, the DTR thing. They are getting Denzel Ward, who didn't play last week in that game against Baltimore that they won, their best corner and one of the best cover corners in the league and a legitimate cover corner. He's back this week. The Giants and the Commanders, Giants plus nine and a half, Commanders minus nine and a half, over under sitting at 36 and a half. It's going to be another start for Tommy DeVito. Uh, you know, this is this is interesting here. Even without their former best pass rushers as they were traded by uh, from the Commanders, they should still be able to get pressure on DeVito. The Commanders rank ninth in explosive plays in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Giants defense ranks 30th in explosive plays allowed. Yeah, they just played, didn't they? It was like week seven they played, and it was not a good game. And now they play again, and this probably won't be a good game either. Uh, so we'll see what's going on. And whether there's a change there, you know, just a couple of quick things in this game because I don't think it really requires much more from me. Brian Dayball and Wick Martindale had a verbal sideline exchange and confrontation, I think is a fair, fair word to say, uh, last week in the game against Dallas because the game was so bad it didn't get talked about like hardly at all, if at all, uh, by most places. But that was got a little heated there. Uh, so those things happen, but it's kind of where they're at right now. Sam Hall, Sam Howell, Sam Howell, he tried to say, is uh, I liked him before the season started. I mentioned that he is a, clearly the quarterback of the future. 
assuming they actually get some pass blocking for him because his future isn't going to last very long if they don't get better pass blocking. Their offensive line, one of several in this league right now that is below average to what we're used to seeing. Also, their defensive backfield is probably the worst in the NFL as far as covering, but that should not be a problem with Mr. DeVito at quarterback. Uh, Then we have the Bears and the Lions. To start the week, it was Bears plus 10, Lions minus 10. Then the news of uh, Justin Fields set to get the start. Bears plus 7.5, Lions minus 7.5 now, over under sitting at 47.5. David Montgomery, though, last week, 116 yards, including a 75-yard rushing touchdown. Montgomery has a rushing touchdown in every game this season that he's been healthy enough to complete the game. Plus, it's a David Montgomery revenge game. Uh, Then you also have to factor in here, though. Is this Lions defense banged up enough that there could be some explosive plays from DJ Moore uh, and a connection there between him and Fields? I don't think it has anything to do with them being banged up. I just don't think that they're that good. They're good against the run, but they're they're not good against the pass. And their pass rush has not been nearly as good as it was early in the season, including Mr. Hutchinson. Uh, who is, you know, like uh, going to be the NFL player of the year after two games. Uh, but, you know, that uh, has kind of fallen off the wayside here, too. First time in 30 years that the Lions are 7-0, and zero, and they have now won six consecutive games straight up and covered five of those against the NFC North. This is another double-digit point spread here. The Buccaneers plus 11.5 now, 49ers minus 11.5, over-under sitting at 41.5. The Bucks did snap a four-game losing streak last week, uh, but this is going to be a good defense, so which Baker Mayfield shows up against a good defense? The 49ers seemingly hit their stride again last week coming off of a bye and getting Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back. Also, I'm just curious here, how much of an impact here is Chase Young having on this 49ers in his impressive debut? Well, it was last week. I mean, I think, you know, we saw splashes of Chase Young when he was at Washington, you know, game, even sometimes during the game. There'd be like two or three plays in a row where he'd look like he's, you know, Reggie White. And, you know, it looked like Vanna White the next two or three plays. So who knows? Uh, what's up with Chase Young until we get to see a little more of uh, the old sample size thing. As far as uh, Tampa, you know, they had actually lost four in a row before last week. Mayfield's having an above average season, but he he actually suffered a right thumb injury late in that game last week. And after all the uh, Joe, you know, after all the Joe Burrow espionage stuff going on today, I don't know if we should believe that he's okay or not, uh, or okay or not right now. I will say one other quick thing about ASU, uh, Tampa Bay ASU uh, alum, Rashad White, who I thought was going to be a pretty good NFL player and then has been a little disappointing. He's had some very good games uh, of late here, not just catching the ball, but he's also had a couple of games where he's run the ball well. So good for him and good for them because they need somebody that can run the ball occasionally. Uh, that would help out Mr. Mayfield. Uh, Then we have the Seahawks and the Rams divisional game here. Seahawks minus one, Rams plus one, over under sitting at 46 and a half. Matthew Stafford back as QB1. Carson Wentz set to be his backup. Question, just how healthy is Stafford in that thumb? Will it be okay? And then when it comes to Kenneth Walker, can he effectively run on this Rams uh, team as the Rams D is giving up 122.8 yards per game on the ground? And sticking with that Seahawks offense, can Geno avoid the turnovers? 
No, he can't. <laughs> uh, so there's that. I'm not buying the Geno, uh, you know, from last week. You know, I just mentioned that Washington has like the worst secondary in the league as far as pass coverage goes. And so Geno has a good game against them. So Geno's back. Uh, Gino had one good year. I'm guessing we're going to say that at the end of his career, which at this rate may be in a year or two because uh, he's just not played well at all this season. Uh, so we'll see what's going on here. I'm on the Rams here. Uh, I'm assuming that Stafford's okay. And they declared immediately, you know, they had the bye week. And then uh, you have McVay on Monday, in fact, uh, when they came back from the bye week and met with the media, uh, declared then that there wasn't any hesitation that uh, the injured thumb that Stafford had in the last game is uh, healthy now and so forth, and I haven't seen anything that uh, leads, me, leads me to believe otherwise. So I'm on the Rams here, uh, bye week, et cetera, coming off of that. And I just don't – I think the, the Niner the, – uh, excuse me, the uh, Seahawks are the most bogus team in the league, and the fact that they're actually tied for first in the NFC West with the uh, Niners is hilarious because they're not even close to them as far as actual – talent and teams and, and coaching and everything else, even though I do like Pete Carroll. But anyway, they're, they're, it, the fact that they're tied for the division lead is just ridiculous. They're not tied in any other way other than the standings. Jets and Bills. Jets plus seven, Bills minus seven, over-under sitting at 40. Ken Dorsey out, Joe Brady in. Does that just suddenly miraculously fix the Bills offense? Josh Allen has 11 interceptions, and in the month of November alone, it's two touchdowns to three interceptions ratio for him. Meanwhile, this is a jarring statistic for Zach Wilson. He has thrown a touchdown on just 20 of his 931 career passes. That is the lowest among all quarterbacks who've thrown 900 or more passes. And that's not getting any better because they've now gone 35 drives without a touchdown. So there you go. Um, I want no part of this game. I think that the Bills are just too damaged to do anything at this point. I'm not buying the fact that they have all these playmakers on offense, which I got into earlier this week. And also Robert Sala. I don't think I wondered this during the preseason, during watching hard knocks and during the season, and I'm really getting pretty close to a conclusion on this. I just don't think he's a good NFL head coach. I think he was a good coordinator in San Francisco. Maybe he'd be a good coordinator defensively somewhere else, but I have seen nothing that lends me to believe that he's a good head coach in the NFL. Uh, then finally, here are the Sunday night game, the Vikings and the Broncos. Vikings plus two and a half, Broncos minus two and a half, over under sitting at 42 and a half. Were we too quick to judge this Broncos defense after giving up 70 points? It was 70 points. But since the Thursday night football game against the Chiefs, they have given up 19, 17, 9, and 22 points on defense. The Vikings, conversely, play a very aggressive style on defense and seemingly getting better. No Jordan Hicks, though. Insert re-signing Anthony Barr. And we've seen Joshua Dobbs at quarterback up close in person. He's had two weeks with the Vikings now. Is the curtain going to fall for him? Yes, it is. Uh, excellent way to put that. I'll just say yes. Um, so there's that. I'm not buying into the Dobbs thing, obviously. Uh, you mentioned the Broncos' defense. It also helps tremendously when three of your key defensive players who missed that game against Miami, arguably, well, I'll be conservative. I'd say three of their four best defensive players have all returned from injury several weeks ago now after that debacle against Miami. 
So we'll see what's up with that. And I also think that Sean Payton deserves some credit here. You know, they won three in a row. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, his PR before the season was, you know, what is he doing? And I agreed with it. And I think he would maybe agree with that now. But he's at least made Russell Wilson into a decent quarterback again. Uh, I think maybe uh, some of the uh, he's a good quarterback that I've heard this week is maybe a little you know, stretching it and whatever. But the, Peyton, the play caller, I think has done a good job with Russell Wilson, the quarterback, and I think that Peyton deserves a chance. Clearly, his team's still with him because you know after that seventy-point game, they could have just bagged the season. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We continue some discussion with Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network. On the other side of the break, we get into NFL props for the Sunday slate of action. That's happening on the other side of the break. Visit Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, though, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. VonHansen'sMeats.net in addition to that. Brian Lewis, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. We look forward to talking with him on the other side of the break. Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It's time for NFL prop bet discussion as we pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Brian, Bob, and Kayla with you on this Friday. How are you? Another week, another bet of football, but we have actually a good primetime games this week for a change. You are not wrong there, but uh, we'll try to find some angles and some ways to make it worth our while on Sunday. How's that sound? Oh, absolutely. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. They are at Houston. Kyler Murray showed that he could run and still has that burst of speed. The Texans on defense have been giving up some yards on the ground, and especially now without Denzel Perryman. Should we maybe consider Murray for a longest rushing prop or maybe just his total, in fact, of yards on the ground? And flipping this on over to the Texans, is it Tank Dell time? His over-reception prop was some of the secondary concerns for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, honestly, Kyler's rushing overs weren't really on my radar, but now that you mentioned it, it actually sounds like a pretty good play. I mean, I'm sure you guys watched last week and all of your listeners did, but I watched a lot of the game as well, and it looked like he like was at 100% mobility-wise. I mean, he had that one scramble where it was typical Kyler Murray, which is really refreshing to see, nearly a year removed from his ACL injury. So I would want to mind that there, and especially for that long shot prop you mentioned, because I think Damian Pierce is going to be back for this one. So the Texans will be back for uh, having a split backfield. I'm not entirely sure that James Conner is going to have enough work in a negative game script type game. And you mentioned Tank Dell props. I really like that too, because I'm really high on a CJ Stroud on this one. His uh, 
difference in his passing yards per game at home versus on the road is almost 100 yards per game difference. And you mentioned his Cardinals pass defense and the injuries in the secondary. I'm almost wondering, like, I go into a lot of my matches for the week, like, oh, I want to fade this team, kind of a big performance. I want to sell high and buy a load of other teams. And I was originally going to do that for this one. And then the more I dug into it, I was like, there's still some value on C.J. Stroud here. They still haven't really, like, adjusted how they should. Meanwhile, the Lions' offense is certainly humming, and this week at home against the Bears. Who from the Lions' offense should we target? Maybe David Montgomery in a revenge game, anytime touchdown possibility there? That's not a bad play. You mentioned for anytime touchdown because his usage around the goal line has been insane this year when he's been in the lineup, and it gets deflated by last week when he asked for Jameer Gibbs to get the carry to finish off that drive when he got in the end zone, which is pretty cool to hear. And also, too, I wouldn't like his overs here just because if there's one thing the Bears are good at, it's stopping the run. But that doesn't mean they can't stop him from getting into the end zone. And then you mentioned for the Lions, which offense player would break out. It's really hard to say because there's like a few different guys who would go off at any given time. But I'll start with the receivers, and this might be a chalk play. But why not a Monroe St. Brown, especially when he's going off against his brother? That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. For this Chargers and Packers contest, the Chargers defense giving up all sorts of yards and points. Brandon Staley saying he's going to continue to be the defensive play caller. It's been a little interesting, though, trying to figure out who will be the featured running back for the Packers, but I'd have to think that they should see some opportunities on the ground game here, potentially over A.J. Dillon, 27 and a half yards in Conversely, Justin Herbert looked more like himself last week. Was it an aberration, or should we continue to look at him and some connections there with Keenan Allen or maybe even Quentin Johnston? Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned uh, A.J. Dillon over. That was one of the uh, player props given out by one of my uh, coworkers for a player props article. It's going to drop uh, Sunday morning ahead of the game. So you two are definitely aligned there. And I'll never think anything's an aberration for Justin Herbert just because he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL and firmly a top 10 quarterback, and that's being really conservative. But even still, even with the matchup at Lambeau Field, I mean, the Packers aren't the Packers of old, but still not the easiest environment on the road, especially with the travel and they'll have Jair Alexander back. But if I'm looking at one direction this one, why not the overs for Jordan Love or anyone the Packers receiver that's going to be healthy in this game? Because this Chargers passing defense gives it the most yards per game, and I I just it's even been they got shredded even at home last week, so who knows what they'll look like on the road. And Dora Love had a really poor start to the season, but it's come along in recent weeks and at uh two twenty nine and a half, it seems relatively low. Derek Henry, uh going back to his hometown of Jacksonville, he's had a history of destroying the Jags. One last memorable game back home for Henry this week. You know what? I just learned some of this call. I had no idea he was from Jacksonville. And all, after all this time with him being in the NFL, and maybe that makes sense in how he destroys his team all the time. But I guess that wouldn't be a bad play here just because I think we, and I say we, I say myself included, might have overrated Will Levis a bit these last couple of weeks after he had a pretty really good performance in his opener against the Falcons. Then he looked pretty competent on Thursday night football against the Steelers. But we know the Titans like to be run heavy and run first. And especially in a matchup where Will Levis is still a little, little inexperienced and they don't want to keep the Jaguars' offense up off the field. And 
that wouldn't be a bad play here. Honestly, he mentions could be his last go around possibly at Jacksonville. So wouldn't, wouldn't really hate any of his overs in this one. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. The Raiders propped up with two wins under Antonio Pierce, but I think we certainly need to point out they were against both the New York teams. Now they're hitting the road to face the Dolphins here, coming off of a bye. A-Chan is back for Miami, too. Will they be feeding him the rock enough that he can bust a couple of really big plays? There has been a concerted effort to try to get Josh Jacobs the ball for the Raiders here in the interim coaching phase with Antonio Pierce but if game script has them down early will they abandon the run yeah that's a hard one to say I do agree with you that I'm not going to take these Raiders wins too seriously these last two games I mean those came against Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson maybe the two worst active quarterbacks in the NFL right now that both came at home and now they're going to be facing not only a well-rested Dolphins team but a Dolphins team that appears to be completely healthy right now and the healthiest they've been all season and if I'm going to attack player props in this game for the Dolphins, I'm just going to assume that they're going to win in a blowout once again because they've, in each of their games, they've been at least a, touch, a favorite, at least a touchdown this season. They've they've destroyed the spread and just blown out their opponents. And that starts with their offense. And we know how explosive H chain is. So I'm looking at his props right now. Like, even if, like, not even just to score one touchdown, but then why not two? I mean, right now you could get that at, um, I'm trying to find the odds right now. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you get two plus touchdowns, even a plus 600. We know how explosive he is. I mean, I would just attack over to the Dolphins in this one because, I mean, it's kind of an aberration as Raiders defense last two weeks because of the quarterback match. So now they're facing a top five offense in the NFL. Dorian Thompson Robinson, the new Browns starting quarterback, at least for this week. His other start this season, yeah, he uh, completed six of his seven targets to David Njoku. So maybe something involving Njoko over against the Steelers' defense. Yeah, if you're going to go to over with him, though, I would go the receptions route, not the yards route, just because this is a game with such a low total, and Dorian Thompson Robinson's yards total is so low, too. I mean, his receptions prop is kind of high, though, at 3.5 plus 105, but you don't really trust DTR to throw it deep downfield in this one against uh, – Steelers defense that's pretty solid and the low total and I don't know how much the Browns are this feels like one of those matchups where the Browns are gonna be really conservative and just rely on their defense to win because their defense quite mm-hmm. frankly might be able to put up as many points as their offense in this one. The Giants, they're sending out Tommy DeVito again. The commanders under Sam Howell have certainly been effective at explosive plays. The Giants' defense has certainly had some issues stopping explosive plays. Sam Howell was over under uh, 51 and a half yards. Do we like that? Uh, and do any of his playmakers make sense? Yeah, I like that You when you mentioned Tommy DeVito. I like you didn't say former Syracuse quarterback. As a Syracuse alum watching him play, we're going to say he's Tom DeVito from Illinois where he played his last season. Exactly. But, uh, I was just going to say, I was just gonna say to the, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an Illinois quarterback in my eye, but uh, it's only so much to do with the terrible offense around him too. But this one, if you remember this game a few weeks ago, the commanders only put up seven points and Sam Howell got sacked a ton. But then since then, I've also been on an absolute tear with really big games against the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Seahawks. So maybe this could be a revenge spot for him at home, or maybe this Giants defense has their number. I mean, they did have Leonard Williams that one has been traded since, but they still have two really good pass rushers and Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. And they did give up 600, over 600 yards of offense last week, which is just insane. Like, 
I don't know. I can't. I don't want to fact check myself at the moment. I don't think I ever heard of that in recent memory. But his line's only two fifty one and a half. They've been a pretty pass happy team, and he leads the league in passing yards right now, which is pretty crazy. So. I don't think there's going to be a blowout like the point spread might indicate when it was close to 10 points earlier this week. So if that's the case, then it seems pretty easy. It goes over that 251 and a half, right? And then from that standpoint, I mean, I guess you got to look at Terry McLaurin. I mean, his receiving prop right now is only 58 and a half yards. You mentioned uh, the good primetime games. Uh, Monday night, obviously, the Eagles and the Chiefs, the Eagles without Dallas Goddard. But when Goddard has not been on the field the last couple of years, uh, you know, Smith has really had several pretty good games. So maybe uh, some Smith over props on Monday night against the uh, – granted the Chiefs secondary good, so maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm just kind of chasing something that's not there. No, you are actually chasing that is there. This is another player probably one of my colleagues likes for this matchup. He mentioned that the Chiefs done a really good job of shutting down number one wide receivers this year, so – Rather than fading A.J. Brown, who has a pretty scary and uh, thing to do, and I would have the stomach to do it, he's going to just go with the over for Devontae Smith. I mean, his yards prop right now is in the low 50s range, and we saw him have a pretty big game in the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure he even led the game, then led the Super yeah. Bowl receiving yards in that game too. So and he's, the thing with Devontae is is that, I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, so like, I could speak pretty highly of him here, that he could beat you in a variety of ways. I mean, he could be – he could be a high-volume receiver, or he could beat you downfield. So he could either get this on just two catches, or he could get it with a lot of different catches and be heavily involved in the offense. And the Dallas Goddard's absence does definitely throw a wrench here, too. And it's not the Eagles' tight ends are very deep behind him, or they're very deep at pass catcher also. So I'll really expect an uptick for somebody that Hurts likes to throw to regularly, and that could be a guy like Devontae Smith. could be a guy like DeAndre Swift, even. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Uh, the Seahawks and the Rams here. Matthew Stafford is back. How will that help Cooper Cup, who's sitting at 81 and a half yards and flipping this to the Seahawks side of things? Kenneth Walker at 64 and a half yards. Can he uh, take advantage of the Rams' run defense? Yeah, Cooper Cup wasn't active for this one in week one when the Rams pulled off at the time, a really shocking road win, like a, blow, a blowout win at Seattle. It was really shocking at the time, and Stafford's going to be back for this one. He Cooper Cup should draw the matchup of a Devon Witherspoon, who's been really good as a rookie. He's second in defensive rookie of the year odds, but I'm not going to let a matchup versus a rookie corner not have me like pass up on Cooper Cup props if I'm interested in it, just because he's one of the top receivers in the NFL, and he's definitely matchup-proof. You go to Kenneth Walker, What's his line at right now? He's at 65 and a half. I, my only concern that one could be game script because this has kind of sneaky upset potential with the Rams. Back to this Monday night game. I might be fishing on this one, but I'll give it a try anyway. Uh, the Chiefs' Rasheed Wall, uh, Rice was mentioned. I almost said Rasheed Wallace. We all know him. <laughs> uh, Rasheed Rice uh, specifically was mentioned by Patrick Mahomes at the press conference yesterday. Rice is you know, it's hard to tell if any of these receivers for the uh, you know, Chiefs other than Kelsey are any good, but he's been he's actually made some plays. Might he do some damage against the Eagles' pass defense, which has had some issues this season? So does that you know, am I fishing? Uh, should I just you know, quit fishing on that, or just you know, throw throw the uh, you know, line, line hooker sinker all into the water at the same time? So I think the way to attack this Eagles' pass defense it's a little. I don't know if it lines up really well with any of these uh, Chiefs wide receivers with their player props because it's really from like a volume standpoint. Like they have a they have a bend don't break defense. It's like we're not going to let you beat us deep downfield. 
but let you catch everything underneath. I'm not really sure if any Chiefs pass catchers like Travis Kelsey kind of falls under that. And another thing is they've been getting killed on the slot in recent weeks. Their nickel corner, Avante Max, has been out for the season. Then they signed Bradley Roby off the street who was injured. And they've had a mix of undrafted rookie of an undrafted rookie corner and a rookie safety playing that slot role, but they will have Bradley Roby back. But at the same time, he was signed in the middle of the season for a reason. He's really not that impressive a player at this point of his career. So it's really about which Chiefs player is going to be in the slot the most. He's got the highest volume, and that's obviously going to be Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. Brian, before we let you go here today, is there anything we haven't touched on that you really like? Uh, you know, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards, anytime touchdown score. Uh, I guess one thing would be, let's go back to the Monday night game with Jalen Hurts. Uh, they said that he is that he feels really good with his knee during that bye week, which is really refreshing to see. No more knee brace for him, extra week of rest. And if you guys remember the Super Bowl, Hurts destroyed this uh, Chiefs defense on the ground. And even when he was wearing the knee brace, he still was running when he had to and was able to at least pick up a few yards with his feet. So if you think that uh, – if you if you do believe that he's at 100% or close to 100% or at the very least a lot closer to what he was the past couple of weeks, then his rushing props should be one he should be targeting in this game. Brian, as always, we greatly appreciate your time, and we look forward to doing a special edition with you next week on Wednesday, uh, getting us ready for the Thanksgiving and uh, Thanksgiving weekend slate of games. Yep, thank you guys. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Brian Blue is there, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Make sure you follow their work over at pfnbetting.com. It's time for you. You can be today's winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits if you're caller number 3-602-260-1060 is the number, 602-260-1060. Once again, the weekend specials over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits is the 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steak at $25.99 a pound, prime bone-in pork butts at $3.99 a pound, and the 8-ounce boneless chicken skewers butcher blend and rosemary garlic at 2 for $12. 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, bonhansensmeats.net. Caller number 3, 602-260-1060. You're our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Plus, make sure you're coming with our weekend bet, trying to get back in the winner's column. Poll questions, we answer them on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point on this Friday, November 17th. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. in the extra point on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Congratulations to our winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate. The bet bills minus seven. So there's some belief in Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator for the week, being able to cure all ills for the uh, Buffalo Bills. I guess also exact revenge after what took place in week number one and uh, stifle the already stifling, self-imposing, stifling Jets offense. How's that sound? (laughs) 
Yeah, self-imposed. 35, last time I get to mention this until next week when I get to say like you know, 40, 50 drives without a touchdown, right? Uh, 35 consecutive drives for the Jets without a touchdown on offense. 35. <laughs> it's remarkable. Uh, let's get into the poll questions here for the day. KDOS1060.com's poll question uh, is, who do you have ATS on Sunday? Cardinals plus five, Texans minus five. I had my notes somewhere from yesterday about uh, some of the injury report updates here. It looks like everybody, at least for the Cardinals, had stayed with their you know current designations that were of uh, kind of quote-unquote importance here. DJ Humphreys yesterday was limited. Amari DiMercato was limited. So we'll have to see how things shake out this uh, this today, I should say. Some notables for the Texans. It was Damian Pierce not practicing uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Laramie Tunsil, though, was practicing full yesterday. Jimmy Ward not practicing once again. Robert Woods practiced in full. And Nico Collins was limited. But in regards to the question here, Cardinals plus five, Texans minus five. Collins is expected to play, by the way. So that's a, you know, he's a, and that kind of dives into my answer here. I'm not buying the Cardinals after last week. Uh, they could have easily lost that game. Uh, Murray made some heroic plays and uh, it was tremendous. However, uh, if Atlanta had a competent quarterback instead of two inept quarterbacks, the Cardinals would have given up a whole bunch of deep passing plays in that game. They only took a few shots, and then they were so far off, I guess they just decided to bag the idea of trying to throw it deep. The Cardinals uh, entered uh, the week with the third most pass plays in the league that have been air yards of 20 or more. Certainly you can see that with Stroud this week. Also the Cardinals, I'm not sure if this has changed since last Sunday, but entering last week they had allowed the most first downs in the NFL. They had dropped to 30th in quarterback pressure rate. Remember that first game of the season where they had all those sacks against the Washington offensive line? Well, that that's long gone. Their pressure rate is just you know, completely disintegrated here. And I just think it's going to be pitch and catch for C.J. Stroud and the Houston receivers, who it seems are all healthy now for the first time literally in like a month and a half. Literally a month and a half. They got them all. Uh, yeah, you know, they do have that health. We have seen, uh, you know, Jason, your guest, Jason Bristol from KHOU 11 in Houston brought this up just about how good CJ Stroud has been at home versus the road in his young career. And then we obviously saw what he was capable of doing on the road last week against the Bengals. Uh, I think though, that to your point about being able to go up and down the field, I'd have to think that the Cardinals have a chance to do a little bit of that themselves. Uh, if you just look at what took place in that Buccaneers contest a couple of weeks ago, they were able to move the ball up and down the field on the Texans defense. I think there's some curious injuries for them. So I actually have the over in this contest because I thought that there could be some points scored here. But when you look at the I, I, I'm timeout, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm with totally with you on that. If I, you know, in fact, I'm just looking for the best number and I'm going to bet the over. Uh, smart. The Texans are coming hopefully. off. Of, <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll find out on Monday, right? Uh, yeah. the, the Texans are coming off uh, heroics of two weeks ago versus the Bucks, then the big time heroics of last week against the Bengals. And then Jason kept mentioning trap game, trap game. And I really don't like that narrative so much in the NFL. I think it 
pertains more so in college, but maybe just some of the youth here on this Texans team that this could be kind of a little bit of a letdown spot, also in anticipation for the big game that they have the following week against the Jaguars, if there are some AFC South implications there. Uh, I think the defense has been a little bit susceptible to some big plays here. Now, my question flipping this to the Cardinals side of things is that, you know, they've certainly been riding this high of Murray's return and getting a home W. Can they build off of that? Or was it kind of just a one-week aberration of playing with some extra juice, as uh, Trey McBride had pointed out post-game? I do think, though, that the way the Texans kind of play, uh, that this could be a close contest, a field goal game, if you will. And I'm actually seeing it going higher and higher. Vandal has it at plus five and a half. Um, so I would take Cardinals in the points, though. Yeah, keep going there. I'm look, I'm checking out the Bradley Beal injury update here. I'll get back oh. to you in a second. All right. Well, the masses, they are on the Cardinals side of things here. Cardinals plus five at 77% of the vote. Texans minus five at 23%. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question. Tossing it on over to Twitter. Add okay, KD- I've, I've found the Bradley Beal thing. He's out at least three more weeks or three weeks with a back strain, according to The Athletic. Oh, wow. Three weeks. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he went from playing the other night to now out three weeks. Wow. Um, that, that really certainly escalated. So, okay. Well, Devin Booker's back. Kevin Durant's back. They play tonight. Uh, this is actually an in-season game uh, or, yeah, in-tournament game tonight against yeah. the Jazz. So we'll get into a little two, bit more of two that. Straight game, two straight games at Utah uh, tonight and Sunday. Uh, KDOS1060.com's poll question here. Did the Ravens unofficially clinch the AFC North on Thursday night? And I think so. Um, because if you believe that the Steelers aren't serious with that offense, uh, the Browns have a massive drop off with if you're going DTR, PJ Walker from Deshaun Watson. It kind of seemed like the Browns had figured some things out Um with Deshaun Watson, we know what they're capable of doing on defense, but I think that there's kind of a, a big enough lead for the Ravens at this point, despite some of the injury concerns that they have and missing Mark Andrews is going to be a big, big deal, I think, for them. Then if you think that this Burrow situation, even if you think it's not long-term serious for him with what's going on with his wrist, I haven't seen any updates about any MRI results just of yet. But I think they're too far back to be a factor in the AFC North. So I would say uh, yes to this question. I'm going to say no, but I'll get to that in a second. I totally agree with, uh, you know, I mentioned that we had the poll question earlier this week of the Brown, about the Browns. They're done. And I think the Bengals are now done. And you know, if the Bengals actually would win some games uh, the rest of the season, their tiebreaker situation in the division and in the conference are horrible. Almost anybody they would tie against, they are going to lose the tiebreaker. So I can't imagine that they would actually be in a position at the end of the year where they would have a situation that they've won so many games that they're not involved in a tiebreaker, and it is the AFC. So, But I'm, I'm a believer in Pittsburgh's defense. Uh, they are really good, and it's gotten much better for two reasons. Hayward came back from the injury. And their run defense, not surprisingly, considering his career history of when he plays and when they don't, when he doesn't play, their run defense is now stellar. And once they figured out who was going to play where in the secondary, which was kind of a musical chairs thing for like the first three or four games, including Patrick Peterson, they didn't exactly figure out where to put him until lately here. And he had a huge play last week to help them win that game against Green Bay. 
that defense right now, I think, and I'm not, I don't use this word often unless I mean it, I think it's elite. And I think that that keeps them in the race for this division. So I'm not, I don't think that they unofficially won the division last night, largely because of that and also this Andrews thing. I mean, Basically, you know, third down, red zone. Where's Watson go? Not excuse me. Where does uh, Jackson go with the ball now? So I think those are big issues for Baltimore. Uh, and I will say this: that in the weird game that occurred where the Steelers beat the Ravens the first time around, they don't play again until the last game of the season. Uh, and then for the Steelers, they have the Browns obviously this Sunday. Then they have the Bengals, and then they play the Bengals again on uh, December 23rd. So they still, it seems like the AFC North has just been playing each other every single week, but there are still some matchups remaining for the Steelers against the AFC North as we continue on into late November and December and even January. Thank you. Help me make my case further. You're welcome. Uh, The masses are on the yes side of things at 75% of the vote. No sitting at 25%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We'll wrap up this edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. Friday, November 17th. In addition to that, we'll kind of coordinate a little bit better on the Suns news about what is expected for the big three here on the other side of the break as they get set to play the Utah Jazz tonight. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. You did not love me like you did, but you did, but you did. Segment of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It is Friday. It is November 17th. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Friday spread. Congratulations once again to our winner. The weekend bet is Bills minus seven. For all of your needs for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, pay them a visit this weekend. 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our uh, guest today, Cardinals and Texans preview with Jason Bristol of KHOU11 in Houston. And also our weekly NFL prop ed segment with Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network. Sound of the day courtesy of CBS, Amazon Prime Video, Pac-12 Networks. Fox and ESPN. Special thanks, as always, to Corey and Kayla and also Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5. The Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. NAU men's basketball is taking on Purdue-Fort Wayne this afternoon. Pre-game at 2, tip-off at 2.30 over on KAZG 1440. A couple of things to make note of here. Bob, you had mentioned it. The Suns, they're taking on the Jazz tonight, 8 p.m. on ESPN. But the big news for the Suns, the Big 3 debut in the regular season is on hold at minimum three weeks with the news that Bradley Beal is going to be out for at least three weeks with back spasms, back injury. And also Joe Burrow is out for the rest of the season. 
Oh wow. Um, he has yeah, he has a torn ligament in his thumb. So he's done. Yeah, as someone who has had a torn ligament in their thumb, I know all about that. Uh, he is definitely yeah. done for the rest of the season. Um, That's according to NFL Network, so I assume that they're getting there. I don't know if this is an official announcement by the Bengals. Actually, Zach Taylor, I'm just reading too fast here, but uh, pretty sure Zach Taylor has confirmed this. Jake Browning time. Yeah. ASU football hosts Oregon 2 p.m. on Saturday on Fox. U of A football 12.30 p.m. hosting Utah on the Pac-12 network on Saturday. The Cardinals are at the Texans on Sunday. That's an 11 a.m. game on CBS. Bit of baseball news. AL MVP Shohei Otani. It was a unanimous decision. NL MVP also a unanimous decision for Ronald Acuna Jr., Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Next week, it's going to be a Wednesday edition because we're here with you Monday through Wednesday, getting ourselves ready for the Thanksgiving weekend. Brian Lewis will be with us on Wednesday and all of the college and NFL talk on Wednesday for that edition.